Well, good morning, church. It's good to be back with you again. Uh, still doing broadcasts on Facebook, but hopefully one of these days soon we'll be able to see all your smiling faces in here in the sanctuary with us. But I want to share some word with you today. You know, on uh, Wednesday evenings, we've been going through the New Testament and uh, looking at different books, going through it chapter by chapter, book by book. And right now we're in 1 John uh, chapter 5, I believe. Anyway, we're still doing that on Wednesday night, just doing it via Facebook, via the website, rather than doing it live. But anyway, I just mentioned that because I'm going to kind of do the same thing today. Rather than speak on a particular subject, there's certain verses here that I wanted to look at that I just wanted to go through and talk about because they're, to me, they're so vital during this time. And they're important all the time, but they're especially vital uh, during this time that we're going through right now. So I want to just jump right in and uh, we're going to start in, in Romans chapter 12 with the first verse. Some of these scriptures you're very familiar with, but uh, just want to kind of remind you of some things here and encourage you at the same time. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 starts out, says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. This is Paul speaking to us. He said, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. He says we're to give our bodies, to present our bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice. Uh, it's almost, as I was reading this, I was thinking almost like in military terms, you know, when a man, a, a soldier presents himself before his superior and says, I'm reporting for duty, ready to do what you want me to do. And that's the way we need to present ourselves to God, as a, as a living sacrifice, giving up our desires, giving up our wants and dreams. To, to let God work His desires in our life. And let me tell you, His desires are so much better than ours. His way is so much better than ours. And you know, it's in, in the Old Testament, of course, you're familiar with the fact that they gave, they offered sacrifices. Animals were killed. Even in some ancient religions, they sacrificed people. Uh, to their gods, but that's not the kind of sacrifice God wants. God wants a living sacrifice. That means that He wants us to live for Him, to sacrifice our our lives to live for Him, to live for His purposes rather than our own. That's what Jesus meant when He was teaching His disciples how to pray with the Lord's Prayer. He said, "Thy will be done on earth," and then. Along the same line, it's thy will be done in my life. That's the way I pray. And my will, thy will be done in my life, not my own will, but your will. And in some ways, this is this being a living sacrifice is harder than being a dead sacrifice. You know, once you're sacrificed on the altar by being slain on the altar, that's it. You're you're done. But to be a living sacrifice, that means you've got to do it continually. Not, a, not just every day, but oftentimes several times a day. You've got to say, Lord, I yield myself to you. 
I want to be a living sacrifice. I want to be what you want me to be. I don't want to just do my own will. I don't want to just do my own thing. I want to do what you want me to do, Lord. And, and I know that what you want me to do, Lord, is, is what's best for me. Because you know me even better than I know myself. And so he wants us to be that kind of a sacrifice. So this is the way that we truly worship him. Now, we think of worship, you know, just as singing songs, maybe raising our hands or whatever. But that word worship actually comes from an old English word that means that is, uh, it's called uh, worship, W-O-R-T-H, worship. Just showing that we believe somebody's worth praise, worth exalting, worth uh, showing honor to. And, and certainly, there's no one more worthy than God. And so one of the ways we can show his worship, that, that, that we believe he's worthy of our praise and honor, is by living our lives for him. Giving up, like I said, our own desires, our own dreams, and beginning to live according to God's plan, what he has for our lives. This is the way to truly worship him. And verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't act like the rest of the world does. That doesn't mean you have to act weird, but just don't fall into their patterns of doing things. There should be something different about Christians. They say, but let God transform you, change you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So don't let the world shape you. Don't let the world uh, be your example of how to live or uh, how to function, you know, in, in business or in whatever area and raising your family. Let God be your guide. Let God be your director. It says, let him transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I used an example of military just a minute ago, but... And that's one of the things that the military try to do in boot camp is to transform you, change your way of thinking. I've heard it said, I've not been through it myself, but I've heard it said that the purpose of boot camp is first of all to break you down to nothing and then to build you back up again. And that's really in a way, that, in a sense, that's what God's trying to do. He's trying to break us down to not thinking of ourselves as being as something special or important, but realizing that every one of us are the same. We're all sinners. We've everyone, as he says in uh, Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. And what we deserve, Romans 6.23, what we deserve because of that is, is separation, is separation from God, is death. But... Because he loved us so much, he sent Jesus to die for us. But in ourselves, we're really nothing. We can't accomplish anything of any importance or any lasting uh, goodness in, except through God. And so we have to come to that place that we're all alike. The way that the sweetest, purest, most innocent young child gets saved is the same way the hardened criminal on death row gets saved. And that's by putting their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in Him. And so He brings us down to nothing, realizing that without Him we're nothing, but then He builds us back up again and says, You are special. 
because I love you and I care for you and I've died for you. And now because you belong to me, I, you can be called a son of God. You can be child, called a child of God. You can do all things who, through Christ who strengthens you. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. He builds us back up again. But it's only with Him. Just as a military person realizes that they're not an individual, but they're part of a team. Well, we're part of a body. We're part of the body of Christ. And he's going to talk about that in a little bit. But we're part of a body. And together, we make an awesome force by ourselves. And especially without God in our lives, we're, we're kind of useless. But with God and with the body of Christ, we are a force to be reckoned with. And he goes on here in verse 3. He says, because of the privilege and authority that God has given me. God called uh, Paul to be an apostle. And he privileged him with showing him some tremendous things. Some things that, that uh, really we wouldn't have known if Paul hadn't have written them down and shown, us, shown them to us. And says, because of this privilege and authority that God has given him. He says, I give you a warning. Now I think when Paul gives us a warning, we need to listen to him. Paul was a man of great integrity and great wisdom and understanding of the, of the purposes of God. And so when he says, I want to give you a warning, then we need to take heed to that warning. And the warning is this. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Again, going back to the fact that, that we're all sinners. We all come short of what God wants for us. And we all need a Savior. And so don't get, thinking, get to thinking that you're all that important in, your, in yourself. I mean, God loves each one of us, but don't get to thinking you're special that, in the sense that you're better than anybody else, that you're the best of whatever, but look at yourself through God's eyes. Measure yourself by the faith that God's given you. And that, say, that faith, I think, is talking about the saving faith. That the only reason we amount to anything is because God loves us and He calls us to be something. He causes, calls us to be uh, whatever we are that we accomplish in this world. He's the one that makes a difference in our lives. It's not us. It's not us... Uh, accomplishing all these things in our own wisdom our own intelligence our own talents or abilities but it's God that does these things through us so be honest in our valuation of ourselves don't think too highly of ourselves the other hand don't think too lowly of ourselves once you're in Christ you are you are special to him you are a son of God and don't let anybody convince you otherwise but again don't get too puffed up don't get too as they used to say, too big for your britches and think that the body of Christ can't do without you, that nobody, that nobody else can do things the way you can. God's always got other people. Now, He wants you. He wants you to fill your part. We need every part of the body, but again, don't get to thinking of yourselves more highly than you ought to. 
And he says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. Our body has different parts, and sometimes we don't, some parts we don't even think about. Some parts we may not even be aware we have, but every part's important. You know, we think, of course, first of all, we think of our brain or heart being important, you know, and of course we can't live without our heart, but without the blood vessels that take the blood to and from our heart, it would be pretty much useless. And without the lungs that add oxygen to the blood that the, pump, that the heart pumps to it, it'd be pretty much useless too. There's, there's an interconnection of all the parts we got some parts, like say, that, that we're not even, most people are not even aware of. We got little glands, pituitary glands, adrenal glands, little tiny glands that about the size of a peanut or even smaller, and yet they play a tremendous part. And without them, our body doesn't function. In fact, it could even die because they play an important part. And so each one of us. Sometimes we may feel like, well, my part's not all that important, but your part's important. Every part, every part of the body functions. Now, I know there are some parts we can function without. I mean, you can lose a limb or lose a digit and still get by. You could even lose your hearing, lose your eyesight, but it impairs the body. It slows the body down. It can't function the way it should. So without you, without your part, without you doing what God's called you to do, then the body is suffering. The body is not fully functional. It'll still survive, but it's not functioning the way it ought to. Paul's saying here that we're all important. We're all parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. We don't belong to ourselves. First of all, we belong to God. But because we're part of his body, we belong to each other. And we have responsibilities to each other. And then he goes on. He begins talking about gifts that he's given us. In his grace, in verse 6, it says, In his grace, in his mercy, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. We have different gifts. Some people are good at doing some things and maybe not so good at doing others. But God's given each of us a gift. He lists several here. I believe there's others. But <clears throat> let's just look at these that he's given us here. It says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, I believe that's speak the word of God. Speak it out with as much faith as God's given you. If God's give, gift is serving others, or if your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift uh, is to encourage others, be encouraging. I think I read that one already. If it's giving, give generously. If God's given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. These are gifts that God gives us and and. We see these gifts in different per people. There's those that are able to proclaim the Word of God and give us such insight and so powerfully. And, and we need those people. There's, gifts, there's people that have the gift of serving, that love to serve. As I was reading this, I was thinking about our dear brother Jeb, you know, who just went on to be with the Lord just a few weeks ago. But he had a servant's heart. He was always here on Sunday serving. And even when... Uh, 
we had uh, shut down because of the of the virus. He was here every Sunday morning when we were doing live broadcasts. He was here helping. He wasn't involved in the technical part of it or in the preaching, but he was just he just made himself available for whatever needed to be done, running errands or doing doing things that needed to be done. And he did that right up until the time he was so sick he couldn't do it anymore. And his his ministry, his serving is going to be missed in the body of Christ. But he had a servant's heart. He says, if your gift, or if you're a teacher, teach well. Some people have a gift of teaching. They just know how to impart things to people, know how to, to impart information. And it says, if you're that, you have that ability, then do it well. If your gift isn't to encourage others, be encouraging. Lift up us. Some people, again, just have that gift of being an encourager. Again, I think of a brother that's, that's gone on to be with the Lord a number of years ago, Richard Childs, that uh, used to be a part of the staff here. He had COPD, and he gradually got worse and worse until he had to uh, basically just stay home and, and was confined, and the ultimate, ultimately was confined to a wheelchair. And I used to try and go by and see him every week, and I'd go in to see him, and almost every time I'd go in, my first thing he'd say, look what I found in the Word today, Joe. And he began to show me, read a scripture, and start encouraging me and telling me, you know, uh, what he had discovered, something new that it was new to him anyway. And I don't know who did the most encouraging, him or me, because I always went away from there encouraged. Even up until the end, he was that way. And he'd call people on the phone all the time and encourage them. He just had that gift of encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. We talked a lot about generosity. And God says, I want us to be generous. And some people just have that gift. It just comes natural to them. Some people, the only reason they want to make more money is so they can give it away, so they can help people. They just love being able to give and it's not because of any recognition in fact a lot of times you won't even know these people because they give anonymously they don't make a big to do about it they don't sound the trumpets when they give but they just give without without being concerned about recognition they just love giving if God's given you leadership ability take the responsibility seriously so again some people have Tremendous leadership abilities. They're just like natural leaders. <clears throat> if a group of people are together working on something, it's kind of like everything's disorganized. Well, quite often you'll find one person that steps up and begins to organize things and, and take over. And, and, and I'm not talking about somebody that just likes to boss everybody around or likes to be in control of everything, but somebody that's just willing to step up and and begin to bring some order out of chaos beginning starting to lead not push prod poke but just to lead showing setting by example so if you have a leadership ability take that responsibility seriously and if you have a gift for showing kindness to others do it gladly again some people just have that knack for being kind of showing uh, doing acts of kindness we have a lady in the church that Every, time, every birthday for me and Rita, and I'm sure other people too, we always get a card and a little gift from her. She doesn't have a lot of means, but she always manages to, to give us something. It may just be a book or a small gift card or something, but she shows that act of kindness, and it's appreciated. 
It says, do it gladly when you do that. Now, we've talked about these gifts, that certain people have these gifts, but actually, <clears throat> these are things that we all ought to be doing. Now, we may not be good at some of these things, but that doesn't mean we can't still do them. You may not be good at prophesying or, or speaking the Word of God, but still, you need to be able to share your, your testimony. You need to be able to tell people why you believe what you do. You know, Peter said we need to be able to give, uh, give reason for the hope that lies within us. If you can't tell somebody how you got saved, I'd question whether or not you're saved. You need to know how you got saved and be able to tell other people. So we need to be able to speak the Word of God. You don't have to be a Bible college graduate to be able to do that. You just need to know what the Word of God says. It says if your gift is serving. Well, Jesus said we're all to be servants. We're all to serve one another. Again, some people have that gift that serving just comes natural to them, but we're all to be servants. Jesus said, I came not to lord it over you, but to be a servant to you. So we need to serve. We, all of us, it's one time or another, probably going to find us a position where we need to teach, especially parents. You know, we need to be able to teach our kids what we believe and why we believe it. We need to be able to teach them about the Bible. If you give just to encourage others, be encouraging. Well, we all need to encourage others. You know, especially during this time, there's a lot of discouragement. You know, if you want to get discouraged, just turn on the daily news and you can get discouraged in a hurry. But God wants encouragers, people to lift us up and say, you know what, we're going to make it through this. Things are going to get better. And God is still on the throne. Jesus is still Lord of Lords. And so we're going to make it through this. Uh, giving, of course, we all need to be generous. Again, certain people have that gift, but we all need to be generous. That's a characteristic of God, so it ought to be a characteristic of His people. God is a generous God. He gave His very best in giving us Jesus. So we need to be generous in giving our best, not only in our finances or material things, but of our time, of our efforts, just of our words, give our best words to people instead of, again, instead of discouraging people, encouraging them. Leadership ability. Again, some people are natural leaders, but most all of us are in some kind of a leadership position in our life. Maybe just as a parent, you know, you're leading your kids. You that are, that are husbands and fathers, your responsibility is to be the leader in your family. And again, that doesn't mean you boss it over everybody and you push everybody around and have to control everything, but you lead by example. God calls you to be the leader in your family, the spiritual leader. And he says, you need to take that responsibility seriously. Some people don't want that responsibility, but God's given it to you anyway. God's put me in a few leadership positions that I really didn't want, but I decided, you know what, he's put me in this position and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this job seriously. I'll do the best I can. may not be my natural ability, but with God's help, I'll do the best I can. And finally he says, if you have the gift for showing kindness to others, uh, do it gladly. Be kind to one to another. Be kind to people. Encourage other people. 
These are all things that we all ought to be doing. There's certain things, like I say, that you may be really gifted in, that you do it with just uh, out any effort at all. But that doesn't excuse us from doing the other things, though. We, we, we do the best we can with what God has given us. And as I said earlier, you know, the Word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we can do all these things. Verse 9, let's go on here and try and get a few more verses before we run out of time. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what's good. You know, again, I was mentioning that on Wednesday night we're studying the book of 1 John. And that book is just full of love. John, I think, is a, the love disciple, the love apostle. <clears throat> Even in his gospel, he talks about love and, and records a lot of Jesus' words about love. That, that uh, That's a sign that we belong to God is that we love one another. He says, if you don't love you, in 1 John, he says, if you don't love your brother, how can you, that you can see, how can you love God whom you can't see? He said, this is a real mark of a Christian, so we love one another. So he said, don't just pretend to love. Now, I know sometimes that's hard to do. Some people are easy to love. Some people are not so easy to love. But God doesn't give us a choice. We still have to love people. And not just our brothers and sisters, but Jesus says we have to love our enemies. Oh, who wants to love their enemies? But God says that's what we have to do. Why? Because they're also a person that God died for. You know what? Most every one of you, in fact, I would say all of you were an enemy of God once at one time. And yet God loved us. He loved us so much that he gave his son. So if God can do that for his enemies, how much more should we be able? And besides, that love is, is given by God. Earlier in Romans, in chapter 5, it says that God shed his, his love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So he's the one that gives us that love to be able to love. And like I say, sometimes it's a struggle, but we just keep working at it. We just keep confessing. I love that person. I don't like everything they do. That's, that's what I believe he's saying here. When he says, hate what's wrong, hold to that which is good. I don't like some of the things that person does. You know, they kind of irritate me when they do this. And, you know, what they do there is, is totally wrong. But you know what? God loves that person. And, and I look for, you know, look for good things. Look for good things in that person. You know, they're, they're good at doing this. They really, they really love their kids. They're really a good father. They're a good husband. Or, you know, they're a good worker, whatever it is. I may hate the fact that they do this, but I love what they do over here. Love your enemies and love your brothers and sisters. Really just love everybody. Don't just pretend. Just do it. Love each other. Verse 10, again, he said, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Give people honor. Don't tear people down. Give them honor. Build them up. Again, that's like encouraging. Just let them know that they're appreciated. Let them know that they're special to you and special to God. 
Don't be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. We don't earn our salvation, as we've said many times. We don't earn our salvation by that hard work. We don't get into God's good graces by all our good deeds and everything. But because of all God's given us, God, all God's done for us, we need to be we need to be uh, working hard to show God's show our appreciation for God. To show God that we truly appreciate all that he's done for us. And serve him enthusiastically. Not, uh, you know, maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. But enthusiastically. Man, I love serving God. I love honoring other people. I help. I, I love helping other people. Work hard, serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confidence confident hope what is our confident hope well the main hope we have is the fact that one of these days we're going to be with Jesus one of these days we're going to spend eternity with him that's a hope it's not just something we're wishing will happen but it's a hope something we know that's going to happen but it's still off in the distance as long as we keep our faith that's a hope that we know most of us are hoping this virus thing's going to get over with. We know it's going to happen. We just don't know when. It's off in the future. But that's a hope, a confident hope that we know that we're going to make it through this. And we know that Jesus is still going to be on the throne, that God's still going to be ruling when this is all over. Those are the hopes that we have. Be patient in trouble. Be patient during these times. I know that's hard to do. You know, I get very impatient sometimes because of the, of the limitations. You know, one thing that I really miss is this year I plan on at least a couple of mission trips, going to different countries with people that, you know, we've worked with and, and people that, that uh, our church has, has been helping for several years. And I love going on those trips and meeting with these people and just having fellowship with them and seeing what God's doing. You know, I know some people that's not a big deal or they don't really enjoy doing that, but I do. I love doing that. And I had, like say, a couple of trips planned this year and they kind of went up in smoke. And so it's hard to be patient. I don't want to wait another year or two to do that. But I have to be patient anyway. Nothing I can do about it. So. I'll just be patient in this time of trouble. And as the last part of that verse is, I'll keep on praying. I keep on praying that God will keep people safe, that God will bring an end to this, that God will keep us going strong, that God will keep the word going forth in this time when we can't meet together. We just keep on praying. We don't give up. And it says, and I think we'll end with this because we're about running out of time here. It says, but verse 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be ready to practice hospitality. Be ready to help people, especially God's people, but even people that aren't God's people. Sometimes we get an inroad into people's lives by helping them out. People that aren't Christians, that don't know the Lord, maybe even don't even believe in God, but yet by showing generosity and love toward them we can bring them in but especially toward the people of God we need to we need to help 
you know, there's there are people out there that are hurting with the, with the shutdown of businesses, with the loss of jobs and so forth. There are people out there that are hurting and may need your help. So keep your eyes open and look, look for needs to meet. Don't get so uh, inward focused that you forget about other people out there and, and don't think about their needs, but look around you. You know, Jesus was always looking. He was always watching. That's one of the things that I noticed in his ministry. He was looking for people and he was always willing to help. If somebody came to him or if he saw somebody in need, he was always willing to help. Well, we may not be able to perform miracles like Jesus did, but we can still help people. We can maybe share finances with them, share food with them, maybe take care of their kids if, if they're, they're working with their child care facility shut down. I don't know. There's so many different things. I, I don't want to... Uh, list all of them but uh, be ready to help be ready to be a servant be ready to encourage people these are words these are things that, that we need to practice all the time but especially during this difficult time these are just things to encourage you I know this is nothing new to you but sometimes we just need to be reminded of what God wants from us and God wants us he wants us to be a living sacrifice, to give up our wants to fulfill his desires. And his desires are so much better. His desires are not selfish. His desires are for everyone to be blessed. As Jesus said, I came to give you life in that in abundance. God wants us all to have an abundant life. And that doesn't mean everybody having all kinds of money, but it means everybody having a fulfilled life, a life filled with peace and joy and happiness. That's the kind of life God wants us to have. And he wants us to be a part of helping other people. As he makes our life better, we need to be a part of making other people's lives better. So let's just pray.